Welcome to Everyday Emergency. I'm Nick Owen from Doctors Without Borders, also known as MSF. Imagine going into labour, arriving at the hospital, and there's no pain relief, no syringes, no supplies. This is the reality in Venezuela today. We've heard about the Venezuelan crisis all over the news this year. Massive protests, high inflation, a dire humanitarian crisis. But Maria Suarez remembers what life was like years ago before her country's economy collapsed and the public health system followed suit. Maria was completing her residency in the maternity ward of a public hospital in the Venezuelan city of Maracaibo. There we had an obstetrics ICU, we had a neonatal ICU, we had operating rooms 24 hours a day, a delivery room, I mean, Everything was available. We used to see like 100, 120 patients daily in the maternity where I was trained. Over time, Maria watched in horror as her country's health system fell apart. When I finished my specialization, there were some problems, but we could still work. Then there came a time when, if a patient didn't bring the supplies, we couldn't provide medical care. We weren't able to do it. We didn't have a pair of gloves. We didn't have gauze. We didn't have the syringes or the painkillers for patients who arrived in pain. It was horrible because someone who lives and grows up and is professionally trained in a country doesn't want to leave. You have dreams. And I couldn't fulfill them. It's very hard. That's it. More than four million Venezuelans have made the decision to leave the country. At least a million of them have crossed the western border into Colombia, including Maria. Now, she works in a maternity ward for the Colombian National Health System at a hospital in La Guajira department at the very northern tip of Colombia. MSF runs a clinic at the same hospital. Our producer, Mandy White, brings us a report from MSF's project in La Guajira. She talked to Maria and other Venezuelan women about the huge need for women's health care. You're listening to Everyday Emergency, a podcast from Doctors Without Borders. Maria delivers a lot of babies. She told us almost 90% of patients delivering at the hospital are Venezuelan. When I got to the beach town of Riohacha, it was striking to see so many pregnant women everywhere. Riohacha is the capital of Acohira and sits by the Caribbean Sea. It's a vacation destination for many Colombians. People work out in the sand and party at the bars at night. But the impact of mass migration from Venezuela is everywhere, all across town. There are men, women, and children struggling to survive. Some sleep in hammocks on the beach. Most live in unstable structures made from recycled materials. One craftsman came up to me with bags and wallets made entirely of useless bolivars. That's the Venezuelan currency. He told me people try to sell what they can because many can't get legal employment. Many also can't get basic health services. For MSF teams here, one of the main priorities is providing sexual and reproductive health care for Venezuelan women, including the many pregnant women. In Venezuela, the clinics and hospitals that used to provide standard antenatal care 
could no longer take sonograms, perform blood tests, or provide medicines and vitamins. Once Venezuelan women get to Colombia, many of them still have no access to this kind of basic, essential care, unless they have the money to pay for private treatment. So when MSF began offering treatment and word traveled that migrants could get free, regular antenatal checkups in Rio Hacha, the women started arriving at our clinics. I met Zarema, a pregnant 32-year-old Venezuelan mother with three children. In Palomino, the town where I'm living, is one and a half to two hours away from here. It's an extra effort for a pregnant woman to travel back and forth like this. But I have to do it because there, we don't receive any medical care. Migrating to Colombia was necessary, Zarema said, but really difficult. For one thing, back home, she was a professional cook. Here, she sells drinks at restaurants. I've worked in several gourmet restaurants. I also used to make pastries and desserts. I have a profession. I mean, I know how to do my work, making gourmet food. I know a lot of international dishes, national ones too, but I can't continue my work. Things are different there, but we had to leave because of our needs, because we didn't have food especially, food and medicine. But, I mean, it's been very hard. People don't imagine all the things we go through here. I mean, there are a lot of bad things. It's too much. Where she's living in Palomino, Zarema cooks over a fire. She has no refrigerator, and she sleeps on a thin mattress on the floor. Getting adequate water is an ongoing issue. If she and her husband manage to save anything, they send it to their family in Venezuela. I wanted to go back home, but since I'm pregnant, it's different now. I'm waiting to see. I'm trusting God for everything to change and to be able to go back. They really want to go back to Venezuela, but she needs the medical care she can get here. The pregnancy was a surprise, she said. Her children are 17, 13, and 8. She wasn't planning to have any more. I didn't want to accept it. I didn't want to continue. But, well, my family told me that, yes, that I was already pregnant, that it was wrong, the fact that I didn't want to continue, that I was already pregnant, that there was a reason God wanted me to be pregnant. This made me get depressed again. I mean, the fact of being pregnant made me depressed. I can't take it. Being in insecure situations and without access to medical care is potentially life-threatening for pregnant women. La Guajira is one of the most underdeveloped departments of Colombia. Legally, migrants can receive medical care from the Colombian health system, but those services are limited to vaccinations, immediate life-saving treatment, and deliveries. So women in active labor can come to the hospital, but not for any other care related to the pregnancy nor does the health system provide other essential services that Venezuelan women need. Contraception, safe abortion care, and treatment for sexual violence, including testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections. Many patients want the implant, a chip that's inserted in the arm. It lasts five years. 
perfect for someone who doesn't know what their life will be like from one day to the next. Other options include an IUD, a contraceptive pill, or a monthly injection. MSF provides all these methods in Colombia. If everyone who needed it had access to contraception, maternal deaths worldwide would drop by 25%. That is huge. Another tool in preventing maternal deaths and injuries is safe abortion care. Colombia is exceptional in Latin America for having largely decriminalized abortion. That doesn't mean it's easily accessible for Colombian women, let alone for migrants, most of whom cannot afford to pay for the service. Mirla, a mother of six from Venezuela, told me that she came to an MSF mobile clinic in Rio Hacha recently because she was feeling ill. Her diagnosis was that she was pregnant. I was crying. They put me with a psychologist and everything. They sent me to the Rio Hacha hospital the next day for an abortion. And that's how it was. I was a month and a half along. Mirla received the five pills required for a medical abortion. She took the first pill at the hospital and went home to take the rest. She had no qualms about it, she said. The choice was clear for her. After her third C-section years ago, her doctor in Venezuela told her she should not become pregnant again. It would be too dangerous for her. If she hadn't found MSF, she said, she would have found another way to end the pregnancy, whatever it took. I already have children, she said. I want to see them grow up. When she came back to MSF for a checkup, Mirla also asked for contraception. I received a five-year implant so I can't get pregnant because I could die if I get pregnant again. So thank God MSF gave me an implant. It's expensive. In Maracaibo, it's expensive. I saw pregnant women pack the hospital in Riohacha to receive antenatal care from MSF. On family planning day, the room was just as busy for people seeking contraception. With MSF's mobile clinics, women came out to get care for a range of medical issues. But there was a particularly vulnerable group of women whose stories stick with me. I met them in the desert town of Arribia, which is northeast of Riohacha. That day, the entire town was without power. The backup generator at the hospital was working, but there was no AC. Despite this, over a dozen women were in the waiting area. MSF staff had scheduled an afternoon of services specifically for sex workers. These are people who are often very difficult to reach, and it's hard to gain their trust. The idea of setting aside a dedicated time is that they are more likely to come for care if they know they won't encounter stigma. I was able to speak with three young sex workers who were all single mothers. Their children live with relatives back home in Venezuela. Working in a bar is attending people, clients, having sexual intercourse with them. You encounter a lot of risks. There are many diseases, but we protect ourselves with condoms, with pills and everything. That was Sophia. She's 23, but looked younger. She wore Converse sneakers and kicked her feet back and forth as she spoke. She's been in Colombia for just a few months. She has four kids back home and is their sole provider. The three women were roommates. They each worked in different bars and were required to be at work from opening time until close, often 12 to 16 hour days. 
They wanted to speak to us together. And as each of them told us their stories, the others listened, nodding in solidarity, never interrupting the others. Isabella is 19, and she's been supporting her two children, two young nephews, and other family members since she was 16. There are a lot of women who get serious diseases like HIV and hepatitis B. They get sick and for what? Because of need, because they believe that with the money the men give them, it was worth not using a condom. But the money they give us, it's not enough to take care of half of the diseases they leave us with. Sophia said the bars where they work require them to have tests for STIs every six months. Despite the long hours, potentially dangerous work, after paying rent and sending money home to Venezuela, they had very little money left. MSF services have been very important to them. We work for our children, Sophia told us, not so we can pay for tests. MSF offered us help. We each took a HIV test. It cost 100,000 pesos, but here they did it for free. They didn't ask us for anything. We're really grateful because they really help us. MSF also provides STI treatment and contraception, as well as mental health counseling. All three have had traumatic experiences since they've arrived in Colombia. Isabella told me about one client who particularly terrified her. I went with one of them. He paid me the normal amount of money. He left me locked up inside his place the entire day. They'd posted the guy's photo on Facebook. They were looking for him because another girl he had hired had disappeared. The next day, he came by the bar, and my friend recognized him from Facebook and followed him. He didn't expect to find me at his place. The other roommate, Natalia, is 20 and has a son back in Venezuela. She also arrived here a few months ago and had an experience that continues to haunt her. I had a bad client. I needed the money for my son. When we arrived at the site, he was drunk, everything, you know. He told me he stabbed women. I was terrified and I cried and I was just traumatized and I still experience that sometimes. He said that he stabbed the women and buried them in his house and if it's true, I think I saw the shovel, knives and everything with my own eyes. He told me, I won't hurt you because you were very good to me, you treated me well, something that nobody has done. All the women I've killed, it's because they're bad, he said. But I didn't sleep that day. I got up early and left. Hearing these stories was heartbreaking. All three of the women fiddled with their hands as they spoke, clutching each finger or twisting candy wrappers and tissues. The stories they shared were intimate and terrifying. For Sophia, mental health counseling had helped her cope with a range of issues she deals with on a daily basis. I was crying every day. I was going through a really bad time, and I couldn't stop thinking about it. But thanks to the psychologist, 
I told him everything. He gave me a lot of tips and I felt really good. He asked what was happening with me and I told him the things that were locked in my heart, the grudges, the disappointments, and that I had stopped believing in men. He really treated me very well. Thanks to him, I'm already freer because he gave me some really helpful advice. For Sofia, Isabella, and Natalia, coming to Colombia has been necessary to their survival, as well as their children's. But they are all hoping for and working towards a future where they can go home. For Sofia, her hopes are simple but powerful. I just hope to get ahead for my children and to get a good job because I'm a manicurist. But until now, I haven't been able to save enough to buy the materials. I aspire to have a good job, and if a good man arrives, great. And if not, well, I have to work hard for my children and not for a man. I'm alone, working hard for them and for my mother. Thank you for listening to this episode of Everyday Emergency. For regular updates on MSF's work in Colombia, please follow the Twitter handle at MSF underscore Colombia or visit msf.org. As always, it's your likes, comments and shares that help spread the word about this podcast and the work of MSF. If you can, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thank you. For more true stories from the front line of medical emergencies, subscribe via your podcast provider or visit msf.org.uk slash podcast.